The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is my home base. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work. And it was originally inspired by the meaning and work research I've been doing over the last decade or so. It's also a compliment to the work that I get to do at Insignium, which is a global management consulting firm. I'll get to the program in just a moment, but first let me give a shout out and thanks to my media partner and sponsor, sponsor Jobbing.com. If you don't know them, they are the leading locally focused job board in the nation, and they're dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Great partnership. Thank you, Jobbing.com. For this week's conversation, with me is Ryan Estes, who is a keynote speaker and management consultant, and he's a recognized expert known across the globe for his innovative ideas on leading change, improving sales effectiveness, and preparing for the future of work. Perfect guest for my show. In this conversation, we'll be talking about his own path to pursue a purpose-driven life and career. He'll share his insights to help you, our listeners, get unstuck and work toward pursuing your own authentic life. And finally, I'll ask him to share some key workforce trends and what organizations are doing today to create a purpose-driven culture. Lots to cover in a short amount of time. Ryan joins us today from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ryan, great to have you with me. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Elise. It's great to be here. All right, we got a short amount of time, and I, I got lots to get out of you. So, to get it started, I really think I think it'd be really great for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better because you've got, I think, quite a great story. I've known you for, I guess, it's been close to ten years now. So, tell us first a little bit about yourself and what you're doing today, and then I, I want to get into your past. Sure. So t- today I run a learning and development organization, my own business. I've had the business for seven and a half years, and we deliver around 75 live events annually to help organizations and individual contributors improve their performance. And, and we're focused predominantly in two lanes, on, on sales effectiveness and, and leadership impact. So yeah, that's what I do. We have a lot of large, interesting customers uh, that we support their learning and development, and it's been a, a fun journey for me. So that's that's the business today. Awesome, Ryan. Um, well, a bit about your background and how you got there. So I, I don't even know what you studied in college. This we've had, we haven't talked about that just yet. But so how did well, you, co- you start? What you studied? studied? Fun, but that was you know, that was a long <laughs> time ago. So <laughs> now that that makes a lot of sense from what I know of you, Ryan. That makes so much sense. Uh, right. No, actually, my I, I had a major in communications and a minor in business. And when I graduated from college. Uh, I really didn't know what I was going to do. I ended up taking an entry-level sales job uh, with an advertising agency and advertising communications. And, you know, this was a time where, 
you know, professional selling wasn't offered as curriculum in, in the academic world. And, and so I, you know, a very aggressive on the job training, but I navigated my way through the, that organization. The organization was eventually required. And by the time I left, I ran, I ran sales and strategy for that business or about a $200 million business. I had oversight for revenue in North America. And it, and it was a, you know, it was, a, it was a great journey and a great career. And I learned a lot. We get to work with all kinds of different organizations. Uh, but, uh, you know, around January of 2009, I just decided to, to make a change and, and really redirect my focus and energy toward pursuing, you know, my passion and purpose-driven work. And, and I, I made the exit. It was a difficult time to do it. But in hindsight, truly, uh, looking back, it was the single best career decision I've ever made. And uh, I love the work that I do and uh, the organizations that I get to support today. And um, it's, it's been a fun second act for me. So that's, that's a little bit of the background. Okay, I got two follow-up two follow-up things I want to go there for. First, it's sure. not at all shocking to me, Ryan, that a keynote speaker has a degree in communication. That right? Was that an accident? You know, I honestly that was an accident, and the communications degree was really a result of me not actually being admitted into the business college, and so that was kind of a <laughs> default major. But ironically, we took multiple courses in public speaking. And at the time, obviously, I had no idea that it would come full circle. That's what I would end up doing for a living. But it worked out that way. So uh, who knows? Maybe coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. Well, here's what's going to be kind of fun. Um, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I teach various communication classes here in Dallas at Southern Methodist University. So now that I know that you have this background, I think I just might use this particular episode as something as a, a maybe an assignment for my for my students. Won't that be fun? So you're going to be you're going to be a, a, an assignment for people. How's that running? Well, I love it, you know, and I didn't know that. And to add, to add a bit of additional irony to, to our shared stories here, both my parents were teachers. And I mm. think that some something in, in and around that for me, that I, idea of teaching and sharing knowledge and knowledge transfer and helping others, it's just kind of in my DNA. I, I grew up around that. I've always had a passion and appetite for learning and personal and professional growth. And it's been a it's been a real gift for me to be able to really focus my energy and effort down a similar career trajectory. So um, I think there's probably something to that idea of teaching. Mm-hmm. I totally resonate with that, of course, as well. Since you are in the learning and development space, as am I, I totally get that. Um, yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask you, though, because you are you're talking about learning and development, Ryan. So one thing I would like to get you to say a little bit more is. You know, to actually leave an organization that you're part of for 15 years, you had a great job. You did amazing work there, Ryan. Um, Thank you. Help our listeners. Yeah, you're welcome. Help our listeners understand, though, really, I mean, what was going on for you that make you really want to make that move? Yeah, it was a, look, it was a difficult decision. And uh, I had, as, as part of my job, I should mention, as the, the chief strategy officer of this business, I was doing some speaking at trade shows and conferences. And that was probably around the time that we first connected. And, and so I was out and, and I was doing it as part of our, our marketing and, and, and sales effort, right? It was, they were pro bono talks, sponsored breakfast, presenting client case studies. But I, I really started to look forward to those days. And that became a bigger part of my job. And I loved it. And 
and I got better at it. And I remember, you know, people started asking me to do it more and, and, you know, and there were clients that would reach out and say, how much does it cost to have him come in and give a presentation like that? And I started to realize that there's something to this. And so I actually, I actually started to study the business. I joined the National Speakers Association and I, I went through their curriculum and coursework on building a business. I hired a professional coach. I read books and building your own consultancy and training company. And so I was studying. I was kind of immersed in this learning. And, and, and then, you know, the Great Recession happened. And I would say the Great Recession was my, my greatest gift because it, it caused incredible challenges, not only in our business, but, but, you know, in the world at large. It was just a difficult time. And we were going through downsizing and a lot of changes and transformation, all of which I wasn't aligned with as an executive in the organization. And I just, I remember coming back from the holiday break in January of 2009 and, and realizing that this business just wasn't going the right way. And we were making changes that I wasn't personally or professionally aligned with. And rather abruptly, even though I had been doing my due diligence, I just opted out. And there I was you know, in February of 2009, with the world falling apart around us, sitting at my kitchen table with uh, a laptop and saying, okay, it's time to start. 15 years of corporate life is over. You're on your own. Let's see if we can make it. And, you know, it was a, it was a scary time and an exhilarating time. And I made a bunch of mistakes along the way. Um, but seven and a half years later, we're going strong. And, and, uh, like I said, it was, it was an inflection point in my career and my life. Um, but looking back, it was the best choice I ever made. Mm. Thank you for being real with that, Ryan. I thank you for really just letting us in as to what was going on for you personally, because I think what I wanted to make sure that our listeners got was, I bet that a lot of folks that are listening are going to be able to relate to that dramatically. Yeah, look, you know, it, it was a point, it was a, it was an inflection point. You know, it was a moment of tension. There was nothing wrong with my career and my job. I had, you know, and you mentioned this, I had a terrific career arc. I had some real security, but there was something missing. And, you know, the, the challenge of the great recession turned out to be a catalyst for me to take that final step into the unknown and, and look, I had many sleepless nights and thought about this. And I can remember, I can remember being 30 days out on my own and freaking out and thinking, oh, my God, I made a huge mistake. And at 3 in the morning, deciding I'm going to call my boss and beg for my old job back. And, you know, <laughs> but you, you work through those things. And, and the reality is sometimes you blow those things out of proportion in your own mind. The, the worst thing that would have happened to me had my entrepreneurial endeavor not succeeded is that I would have had to hit reset and go back and find the kind of job that I had before. And, and when I really did some rational analysis and recognized that the probability of my ability to do so was high, it mitigated my fear and it let me focus on the action that I needed to take to make my endeavor successful. And, and that kind of bit of peace of mind, even though it was a very uncertain time in the world, I think helped me, you know, navigate the, the difficult phase of starting a business. Mm, that was brilliant, Ryan. And I love how you articulated that. I think a lot of our listeners can appreciate that too. And, and we'll find some value in that, hopefully for themselves when they're going through the trenches. Um, 
I want to say two things about what you just said about your your decision, your inflection point that I really want to make sure our listeners get, Ryan. One is that you were saying that you felt like there was something missing. So to be one, aware enough of yourself to go, you know what, this is great, but it's not as great as I want it to be. So I think that's great for this show to be able to call that out. And the second thing is, is that you, you, you became very aware of when you went out speaking, how great that was, how that felt, that you wanted to do more of that. And so being keen and aware and wise to those opportunities that come our way that we didn't necessarily look for, that we, we realized can take us someplace else, I think are yeah. really important key takeaways from your story there that I want to make sure yeah. and call out. Yeah, you know, I, I think just as an anecdote to that, I think something that's important given the context and, and the focus of your show for the listeners is it's, you know, it, it's okay to want for something more. You know, there, there was a period of time where I think I wrestled or struggled with the guilt. Like, I have a great life. I have a good job. You know, or, or, or people would challenge me like, oh, boy, this, this speaking and training thing is really interesting. I think I could do that. And, you know, people would say, well, why, why would you? Or what, what do you, why, why do you think people would want to listen to you? And it's, I just want to say kind of, you know, personally, you have to look inside and decide what you want. It's your journey. And we get one trip around the sun. And being honest with yourself and, and being okay with a desire or a dream and taking it off the shelf and finding a way to pursue it, there's nothing wrong with that. Give yourself the permission to explore, to create, to dream, to ideate. It led me down a beautiful, brilliant path, and, and my work is more purpose-driven and passionate than it's ever been. And, and, you know, when you wake up and you get to do what you love, it doesn't feel like work. And that's a pretty good place to be in life. It's a great place to be in life. And and I absolutely want to recognize and celebrate, Ryan, what you have done in creating your business. I mean, I was... I knew you when you first started this business in 2009. I remember sitting down with you at some restaurant or a coffee shop in Minneapolis, and we were talking about it. And you were like, I'm just getting started. And at that time, of course, I had a business partner, and we had an online feedback portal, and we'd been at it for a few years. And I remember a few months later, you came back, and you you, you were laughing, of course. And you said, hey, how come you didn't tell me this was going to be so hard? <laughs> and uh, so I really applaud what you have done, Ryan. You've just done amazing work in, in seven oh, and a half years. You. And I... Yeah, and, and I know you've learned some stuff. So for the benefit of our listeners that are kind of maybe just getting started themselves, anything you can share on pearls of wisdom, things that you learned along the way? Yeah, I, you know, there there have been a bunch. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've learned is that adversity and failure is your greatest teacher. And so, you know, the reality, the reality of an entrepreneurial journey is that there's going to be mistakes and missteps along the way. And, and I, would almost, I would almost suggest that anyone listening that is inclined to move in that direction, just be really honest about anticipating those things because it's going to happen. I made all kinds of mistakes in, at the onset, you know, from bad partnerships and contracts to pursuing the wrong kinds of work. Uh, you know, the, the list is long. But, but it was through those missteps that, you know, I, I became a, a, you know, a more disciplined and focused entrepreneur. And, and, I, and I developed kind of the muscle and the insight that I think is necessary to drive this business forward. And so, I, you know, I think that's a failure. Failure isn't final. And just, you know, and, and anticipate and respond to challenges because inevitably those things are going to be there. And, uh, you know, that, that 
I, then there are a couple of cliches. I mean, you know, one of my favorite pieces of wisdom is from the legendary motivational speaker and writer, Jim Rohn, who said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've oh, got to love that. Yourself. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a brilliant piece of wisdom, right? And, you know, I think you've got to surround yourself with the right people, and, and relationship inventory is important, you know. My first hire, my advisory board, the people that believed in me, my first clients, all of those things were important decisions to creating some momentum and, and moving this in in the right direction. And then, and then specifically to, you know, a small business startup, I mean, I... I can't emphasize this enough, and I'm ever speaking to entrepreneurs or people that want to get into speaking or trainers and coaches and consultants. You have got to get your arms around the business development piece of that. I mean, your, your ideas and your work product and your ability to provide impact may be terrific, but if you can't convince somebody else that it's worth what you want to charge, you're going to be challenged. And I think that I, I see that as a big challenge for you know, small business owners, and I will tell you the sales and marketing of our business is something I focus on today every single day because it's, it's a priority to grow, and, you know, and that, that's the plan. So uh, those are, I, you know, those are three, three of the big ones, I, I would say, um, that are, I think, important to consider. Okay, perfect, Ryan. And that is going to bring us right up to our first break already. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Ryan Estes, who is a keynote speaker and management consultant and delivers courses and online learning with an emphasis on actionable content designed to elevate business performance. We've been talking about his own career journey and what got him into his own work that allows him to live and work his purpose. After the break, we're going to get into some information about how we can help individuals get unstuck and pursue their own authentic life. Stay with us. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Ryan Estes, who is a keynote speaker and recognized expert known across the globe for his innovative ideas on leading change, improving sales effectiveness, and preparing for the future of work as a management consultant. Um, He joins us today from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. 
before the break, we were talking about how Ryan got into his work and how he ultimately navigated to to achieve working his purpose. For this next segment, I really want to help in- individuals get a little bit unstuck, be able to recognize where they're unstuck and maybe get some some tips as to how to move beyond that. But before we do that, Ryan, um, I, I think it'd be great for our listeners to be able to connect with what it is that you love about your work. You mentioned that you love what you do, and that sounds fantastic, but what specifically is it? I got to ask, I'm a meeting work researcher beyond that. What is it? Sure. No, and, and we're going to segue right into the part I love about it the most, which is helping other people improve their own performance, right? It's helping other people get stuck. It's helping other people grow, expand, make progress. And if you think about what I get to do for a living, I get to pack my ideas, my research, my insight, my personal and professional experience to help other people improve and make progress toward where they desire to be in life and work. And that, to me, is incredibly rewarding and fulfilling. I also love the diversity. You know, I, I get to go work with or go inside about 50 different organizations on an annual basis, understand their challenges, their opportunities, um, you know, get insight into their growth strategy, how they, you know, support their people, uh, unlock innovation. And so, you know, I, it's, it's an incredible research lab for me that's, you know, advanced my own perspective and thinking. And, and so, uh, and I enjoy the connection. I, I love the live events. Um, they're unscripted. You never know what's going to happen. You're a live audience in the room, and, it, and it's fun. And the research and blogging has become a big part of what I do to stay connected to people, and they can kind of continue to follow the journey. And it's, it's, it's been great. So I think those are – but for me, it's about helping others. The work really isn't about me. It's about – you know, that's teaching, right? Teaching is about sharing ideas that help other people expand and grow, and that's what we really focus on, so – Mm-hmm. You know, what I hear in there, Ryan, is a meeting a work researcher. Among, there's a lot of things that you said there, but one key thing is that you are a, a person who specializes in helping others learn and grow. And in order to do that, you have to continue learning and growing yourself. And you've created basically a structure in which you do that. You, I, every day I think about staying in the, le- I call it, st- I've got to stay in the learning lane. Can't get stuck in my comfort zone or the status quo. And so to me, that's about, you know, did I do something today that made me uncomfortable? And, and am I getting better every day? Those, and because I know if I'm not getting better, I'm getting stagnant and worse and, and that. So I am constantly forcing myself to, to learn, to adapt, to evolve, to grow, get a new perspective and an insight. And you're right. I set up the business that way. I mean, I interview successful people from my blog. I have a research and survey partner. So we're getting new proprietary data in all of the time to challenge my assumptions or develop a new hypothesis. And then we're going out into our corporate clients and doing interviews and studying how they approach their business challenge to pull best practices out that we can distill and share with others. So there's a constant feedback loop and a cycle of learning that I you know, that I, that I both enjoy and I think is necessary to be effective doing the kind of work that I do. Mm, I love it. Sounds delicious to me. And of course, I can relate to a lot of that because I get to do some of that same stuff and, and feel the same way about it. Um, there's a couple of things that you said there that probably map us over to that first thing that I wanted to get to for, for this segment. And that is uh, helping our listeners determine when they're actually stuck. Um, you mentioned going out, if you're not, not going out of your comfort zone, something's probably wrong there. Um, you also mentioned that before you recognized something was kind of missing for yourself. So say a few words, if you would, Ryan, about how do people know when they're stuck? How can they recognize that? Well, I, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's a little bit different for everybody. But if there's kind of this internal feeling like, like something's missing or, or more is available or is, is this all there is, you know, you start to identify 
you know, and, and I think, and I think actually going, going through some exercises, you know, sitting down and really doing some introspective work, grab, grab a journal or a blank piece of paper and, and starting a, a, you know, asking and answering some important questions. You know, what area of your life would you like to see improve? Where do you want to grow? Um, you know, what, what would be the benefit both to yourself and to other people you care about if you did improve or grow in that particular area? And why is that important? And you, you start to identify these, these, I call them areas of opportunity. Um, because p- people, I think, innately want to continue to improve, to grow, to expand, to make progress. Uh, and the world we live in today requires it. The world is changing so fast. It's incumbent upon us to continue to evolve in order just to stay relevant, let alone thrive. And so I think identifying, hey, some of those things and and, and looking out and having a vision, it's okay to say, where do I see my life in five years? You know, I I tell you, personally, I, I had, when I hired a coach at the onset of this journey, even before I left my job, she asked me to do a visualization exercise. And she said, I just want you to shut your eyes and wake up five years from now on a Wednesday and look around and tell me what you see and, and live your life that day, a great Wednesday, five years in the future in the life of Ryan Estes. And I, you know, and she said, in color it, paint it, tell me, tell me, you know, what time it is and, and what you see and smell and hear and what kind of conversations mm. you're in. And when, when I went through a day in my life, five years into the future, I recognized very specifically I wasn't doing some things today that were going to move me to that vision I have for my life in five years. And that gap analysis really started to create the impetus and the appetite for change. And I think an important question for people to consider, too, is, you know, what is the cost of not taking action? If there's a change you want or something you desire, there's a gap between where you are today and where you want to be a year from now. If you don't do something, what, what price are you going to pay? Because 12 months from now or five years from now are surely going to arrive. And I think we have to be honest with ourselves about are we prepared to get where we want to go? And, and the, the biggest accelerator to getting unstuck, to overcoming your fear, to moving in that direction is action. You've got to take bold, decisive, aggressive action in a new direction to get unstuck and accelerate change. So that's some of my thinking around it. And that's really what kind of helped me move me off the dime in the right direction to get where I wanted to go. Which is splendid. One thing that I think about for those people that are listening, they're like, you know, I think I'm good. You know, everything's all right. I'm I'm okay. You know, I'm plugging along. And one, I think about this, the people that come my direction for executive coaching or, or any kind of coaching and, or somebody said, maybe you should get a coach and things like this are happening. They're just, it's hard to get out of bed in the morning. They don't have as much energy. Maybe they're right. not being promoted, right? Um, they're getting passed over for projects at work that maybe they think they'd like to have and they're wondering why they weren't invited. I think about some of those things that might be happening to people that would help them recognize that, oh, maybe I'm not doing everything I want to be doing or everything I should be doing. I'd say listen, listen to that internal voice because, you know, your, your intuition, your voice is powerful. You know, I, I do, um, I do a morning routine where I spend uh, some time in quiet reflection. You know, the first five, ten minutes of my day really is spent just in silent meditation, focusing on my breath. The next few minutes, I, I, fo- I focus on a few simple things that I'm grateful for or appreciate. And then the next few minutes, I get very intentional about what I want to accomplish that day. And then I spend five or ten minutes journaling about that experience. And I try and do that every morning. And that, those moments of quiet reflection 
and introspection where you, you just turn down the volume and you look and listen inside can be very, very revealing with respect to what isn't working or what's missing or if, if you indeed do desire more. And, and I think you, you just have to listen, listen to yourself a little bit and, and give yourself permission to want to more and to, and to change if, if that's where you're at. And if everything's great, keep it great. Like this isn't, you know, not everybody has to change. But for the people that want and, and covet and desire, that's okay too. Mm. I love that, of course. And on a side note, Ryan, I know that you do yoga as well. Do you do some of the same stuff in yoga too? I do. You know, yoga has been an incredible, incredibly beneficial practice for me, just, um, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, and, and, you know, keeping my body in shape with, with the kind of intense travel and, and work schedule that I have. So it's, um, it, it's been a great practice. And I think that it's another way to just get centered and to calm yourself down and to, to listen to that internal voice. Um, and so, you know, doing things like yoga and meditation and journaling and that, that's been a big part of kind of my evolution. And I think have helped, helped me both personally and professionally move in the right direction. So. I completely agree. I also do, I do Bikram yoga a couple times a week. I, and I love it too, for the same reason. So I had to, yeah, I had to call that out. Um, one of the things that I wanted to, to get you to talk about, Ryan, in this segment especially, because I know you do lots of things, but you have a keynote speech that you call Passion as Purpose. And I'm guessing some of the things you've already talked about maybe are in that, but what are you really trying to impart in that keynote? Yeah, I think, I think it's helping leaders kind of influence culture and help, help their organization connect to the, the real purpose or why they exist in the world to kind of unlock human potential, potential and the passion and engagement that I think exists but lies dormant in so many people. And, you know, it's kind of one of the big trends when you talk about it. I mean, you know, in the, particularly in the U.S. workforce, and we're very under-engaged. I agree, 60% of the U.S. workforce is classified as under-engaged. I mean, most organizations are leaving tons of potential and com- contribution and enthusiasm and energy and discretionary effort and, and ideas on the table. And to help an, un- an organization unlock a little more of that, that's, that's really what that kind of event message is, is designed to inspire and, and ultimately deliver upon. And it's just giving a few examples of, you know, of how leaders can do that. Um, and, it, and really, and a lot of it does start with leadership. I mean, if leadership isn't aligned, if they're not purpose-driven, if they don't have confidence in, in their ability to deliver the 2020 vision, then it only makes sense that it's going to cascade through the rest of the organization. So it's a leader-driven message to help organizations align towards something larger than the individual that can make a, a, a relevant contribution to the world. And that's, that's the message. Okay. Well, I definitely want to hear more about that kind of work that you're doing and what you've learned about that in the next segment, because that's going to be all about organizational stuff. So we'll talk more in depth there. Great. Um, yeah. Another one that you, that you, I love how you write and how you describe things, Ryan, but one of the other <laughs> offerings you talk about is unleashing the inner superhero. We all think and hope we have one of those inside us, right? I hope I do. Um, but what is that you about? Do. What it, you definitely do. Do I? Are you sure? I'm positive. We all have. We all. You know what? Here's what I believe. And actually, here's what I've come to know. Everything you need to accomplish all that you deserve and all that you desire was put inside you. It exists there for you. 
And our responsibility and obligation is just to tap into that deep reservoir and reserve potential and unleash it into the world on a more consistent basis. And it, and it really is just being specific and intentional with respect to how you show up for these opportunities that exist all around us. And it, that's a personal best keynote. It is about showing up. It is about unlocking or unleashing more of what we're capable of being, showing up more as the best version of who you are into the world, because that's where greatness happens. And, you know, and so that, that keynote is really about, it's a personal best. It's, it's probably the more, the most general or motivational kind of seminar that we do, but it is about unlocking more of our potential. That's, that's the idea there. Okay. And yes, I'm sure it's in you. <laughs> Let's hope so. I'm gonna I'm gonna look for it after we after we hang up. I'm gonna look for it and see if I can find it in there. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah. Right. So part of that that I that I was intrigued with is you do talk about this notion of being able to leverage change to be able to be a catalyst for growth. And one of the other things that I found when I was snooping around on your site, Ryan, is you've got some great blog posts and you are prolific. By the way, that's fantastic. But one of your blog posts, and this is going to make you go back. This was. April 21st of this year, you had a blog post called Blow Up What Isn't Working, and you talk about 10 steps to jumpstart change. Can you recall or can you share maybe a few of those for our listeners? Sure, right? The first, the first one is decide what you want, right? What improvements do you want to make? What's not working? And, you know, that could be anything from, you know, I, I want the promotion that you talked about to I want to improve my personal relationship to I want to, you know, lose 15 pounds, whatever, whatever it is. And you decide what you want. And then you put it, it and this is just, you know, this is kind of tactical change planning. So you decide what you want. You give yourself a timeline. And then you start to identify the habits and behaviors that would move you in the direction. What habits and behaviors are not serving you well in the area of getting promoted or losing 10 pounds or having a, a, you know, a better romantic relationship? And what habits or behaviors could you embrace that would move you further and faster in that direction? So it's, it's really identifying, okay, how, how do we move toward this? and How do we create momentum? Getting tactical. And, and then actually getting into some of the more purpose-driven questions, too. You know, what, what is the cost of not taking action? You know, that's a, that's a, I think that's such mm. an important question because, mm. you know, it's, it's a little bit of a scare tactic, but look, 12 months from now is going to be here. And if you do nothing, where are you going to be? And, and identifying that and writing these things down. And, and, then, and then also really understanding what, what's going to be different for you and for the people you care about if the change materializes. And, and actually takes hold and, and creating a vision of that and being descriptive about how that feels and, and what it looks like. Um, and then identifying how important is this on a scale of one to 10? Is this a nine? Is it a 10? Or is it a four? You, you know, where's your commitment? And, and I actually, around any kind of change initiative, I actually like to create it like an affirmation, a personal pledge. You know, it's a kind of, a, I'll call it a commitment statement, where you vow to change, you can no longer afford, you kind of describe the, the why. And you can, you, know, you can reference the blog post to get all the details, um, but then you know, you've kind of created a little action plan around what you want to accomplish, and then it's time to move. And so just being a little organized, disciplined, writing some of these things down makes a huge, huge difference with respect to getting unstuck and creating momentum to move you in the right direction. Brilliant, Ryan. And again, you've taken us just right into our next break, just as if you were watching my own clock for me. Thank you for that, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Ryan Estes, who is a keynote speaker and management consultant and delivers courses in online learning with an emphasis on actionable content designed to elevate business performance. After the break, we're going to talk more about what organizations are doing to be able to create a purpose-driven culture, among other things. Stay with us. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Ryan Estes, who is a keynote speaker and a recognized expert known across the globe for his innovative ideas on leading change, improving sales effectiveness, and preparing for the future of work as his, as he does as a management consultant. He joins us today from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. All right, so Ryan, for this next segment here, I really wanted to be able to talk about what organizations can do here. So to kick us off here, I would love to be able to tap that mind of yours as to what kinds of trends you see around the workforce today. What kind of shapes how we work, what's going on? Right, so a couple of major trends. We talked a little bit about the engagement, right? So I think I think too many organizations are leaving a lot of potential and contribution on the table. That, that's one thing. Uh, I think there's a there's a, a trust gap and a leadership crisis today. I think only 50% of employees are reported as having trust and confidence in, in their senior leadership. And at a time where, you know, everything is changing so fast and organizations are trying to unleash human potential and, and evolve and be more innovative, um, fewer than 50% of employees report that their organization truly supports innovation and that mistakes are treated as learning opportunities. So there's some real challenge this in where organizations, how organizations need to evolve to win in a 2020 world and, and, and where we are today. And so a lot of this really is about, about being adaptive and initiating continuous reinvention and, and, and leading through transformation and change. And look, change, change and transformation can be an opportunity. I mean, markets are being disrupted. Competition's coming, you know, from everywhere. Barriers to entry are lowering. Disruptive technology is changing the landscape. And all of those things are happening. And leaders need to adapt and evolve and, and, and capture more contribution from their people in, in order to move the needle on the business. And that, that's just the reality of the, the situation that that we're in today. And I think I think it's so important for organizations and leaders to give people 
confidence in the future, to have a clearly articulated 2020 vision, to connect people's work to the future, to create alignment across your leadership team, and, and to make decisions and take the calculated risks that move you in that direction. Um, you know, it, it's one of the biggest reasons people disengage, quit, or end up opting out is they, they don't have confidence in the future of the organization or its leadership. And so, you know, those are, those are some of the biggest leadership challenges that, that I see organizations are trying to navigate during what is a, what is a pretty disruptive time in the world of work. Yeah. You know, that organizational, or excuse me, that engagement figure that you just cited, I think you said 60% of people are not uh-huh. engaged. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's that's our, just our crazy. Under-engaged. Yeah. Under-engaged. I mean, that is huge. Six out of 10 people around you are not engaged. So I think about that, right, how that affects the bottom line. And then I hear, I think about what I hear people tell me all the time, Ryan, and that is, my God, I'm expected to do so much with so little and, no, and not enough time, et cetera. So I, I think about how all these things are a jumble of how people experience their work today and no wonder it's hard yeah people are i mean people are overwhelmed i mean that that's you know people are the the kind of general consensus i think when you talk to people is people are feeling over very overwhelmed exhausted and they have this uh, you know anxiety or uncertainty about the future and that that's just the reality of the world that that we live in today. People are asked to be doing a lot, are being asked to do more with less. People are being asked to reinvent their skills, their competency, their contribution. You know, what was good enough to deliver great results five or ten years ago most certainly isn't going to deliver a comparable result in the 2020 world. So everybody is being asked to evolve and reinvent themselves. And, and you know, to, to kind of use a phrase from our earlier conversation, to stay in the learning lane. I mean, it, you, you can't an organization can't get stuck in the status quo and neither can an individual inside an organization afford not to continue to evolve just in order to stay relevant and be able to provide value and impact inside the business. So the rules have changed and that's challenging organizations and individual contributors to perform at another level. Mm-hmm. And all the more reason, right, that we need really, really strong leadership in an organization. And we need organizations that know how to be able to create that purpose-driven culture to be able to infuse that motivation, the excitement, et cetera, um, to be able to help people perform at a higher level. So I would be really curious to know if you can share anything that you've seen organizations doing out there that you think is pretty cool and how they're actually pulling that off. Well, it's, it's the awareness piece, right? So I'll give you an example. In a company that I've worked with for a long time, but I love to use an example, is the Mayo Clinic, right? Their purpose is the needs of the patient come first. That informs how people show up and contribute, and everybody, that, that purpose statement and that notion and reason for existing is deeply embedded to their, into their culture, and it's top of mind for everybody who works there. And the, the nine core values they have inform how people work, and it informs who gets hired and who gets promoted and who gets rewarded and who gets let go. They leverage the power of storytelling to reinforce the right behaviors um, each and every day and give wonderful examples all across the enterprise of patient experiences and, and, and life-changing moments, and, and that reinforces the right behavior around around the purpose. Um, you know, and it, it's a... It's a servant leader organization. It's very inclusive. Everybody has a voice. Everybody is treated with respect. Um, and, and so, you know, when you're, when you're leading that way, 
and people have aligned and contributed to something larger than themselves, and they understand the direct connection between their work effort and how it affects the whole and this larger idea, that's, you know, that's kind of where the magic happens. And so, and, and what does that take? It, it takes, it takes, you know, disciplined communication. It takes consistent standards with how you manage uh, performance. And it, and it takes purpose-driven, humble leaders who recognize that leadership isn't a job. It's a responsibility. And it is about humility, sacrifice, service, relationships, and putting other people in a position to unlock their potential and become the very best they're capable of being. That's leadership. Mm. Well, and I think you're, you're speaking to this, but one of the things I definitely wanted to get out of you, Ryan, is if, there, if you've come to notice that there's just some really base elements that have to be in place for people, for an organization to even start to create a purpose-driven culture. And obviously, the mission is really important. Those kinds of leadership competencies and, and behaviors are really important. Anything else? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, mission, vision, values, a leadership combo. You know, what, what is the definition? I say, you know, what's the definition of leadership inside that specific organization? What are leaders going to be held accountable for? What's the standard? And then I think consi- I think consistency and community. Can, I'll give you the three C's: consistency, communication skills, and courage. And you know, consistency in how leaders manage performance. Consistency in in, in how they communicate and show up. Consistency in how they coach and provide feedback just just so people people have trust and confidence and know what they can expect leaders are listeners effective two-way communication skills right so you know getting getting input and seeking feedback and giving people a voice and helping people feel valued and validated that effective two-way communication it's so important it's got to happen on a, on a more consistent basis than an annual performance review you know, leaders have to be checking in and coaching and providing feedback and communication on a, on a much more frequent basis I would say like every everybody should be having some type of communication check-in future directed conversation uh, every 30 days that's the to me the new standard and then the last one it's just the courage the courage to hold people accountable to standards of excellence you know the courage to admit that you don't have all all of the answers, the courage to acknowledge we're going to take some risks and make some mistakes, the courage to go first and and communicate to other people what they can expect from you. So when you're a leader and you go first and you've clearly communicated your standards and your people know what they're going to get from you every day and you deliver on it, it's a lot easier to hold other people accountable to high standards of performance. And so my, my two favorite leadership self-assessment questions, and I use these questions, it's, it's who did I impact today? Leadership is about impact. The more specifically you can answer that question, the better. And, and then the second one is, is how will I be remembered by the people I worked with today? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we've all worked for somebody. I mean, I've had the good fortune of working for a mentor, a terrific leader, really shaped my thinking, my life, and ultimately my, my career trajectory. And, and, you know, my point is that extraordinary leadership, it isn't just about the performance of the business. It changes the lives of the people on your team. It can. And, and I think, you know, we've, most people have had that kind of experience or had the good fortune of working for someone that has that kind of impact. And, and I think that's a great standard to hold ourselves accountable to as leaders because it's an incredible opportunity to lead others. And, you know, and it should be taken seriously. I agree. And I just have to, at that point, Ryan, I got to share a very fast, short story about my, the, you, you reminded me about the impact. 
And I can tell you, for me, when I was 19 years old and getting fired, probably was one of the best pieces of impact and directional development effort that I ever received. And that was, I'd been working for this gentleman in Portland, Oregon. I, I, I was his administrative assistant back then. Loved working for him, Ryan. And literally one day on the way out to, to lunch, he said, he swung the door open and his suits flying in the breeze, his suitcases flying behind him. And the door swings open and he says, you got to get out of here. You got to do something with yourself. You got to see the world. You got to get an education. But before you go, hire your replacement. And the door shut. Yeah. And it was the best thing, Ryan, because do you know before he said those things, it never occurred to me that I could go to college, that I could see the world, that I might consider doing something myself. He made that difference for me. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's huge, right? I mean, what a, what, a, what a powerful story. Here all of these years later, right, that changed the trajectory of your career, your life, and helped you become the person that you are today. And that's an incredible gift. Um, you know, it's funny when I'm speaking and I'll ask people about the, their stories, you know, their like kind of life-changing stories. Have you ever worked with some, someone or for someone or, or been mentored, coached, or counseled by someone that had that kind of impact on you? And most people have. And and I always tell people, you know, if you're still able to, give that person a call or send them a note later today and just say, hey, you know, I was, I was at this conference or I was in this conversation and I was reminded of what you did for me at this inflection point in my life. And I just wanted to thank you and make sure you know how much it meant to me. And, and you know, obviously not everybody's able to do that. But if you are, I can tell you that moment of human connection is pretty powerful. I completely agree, and I think um, everybody everybody gets rewarded when you, you when you make that kind of a share. And and I can tell you, I have kept in touch with this man. He's been a great friend. And in fact, he just great. turned eighty. Yeah, he just turned eighty years old. And I did go to his birthday party in Portland, Oregon, which was also a living wake. And I got to be able to share with the crowd, um, thank you for saving my life because he did. He saved wow. my life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm with you, Ryan. This is just huge stuff. So the, the leadership stuff in terms of how we actually can create an organization and really impact people. And of course, you and I both love getting to do that kind of work and get, being part of anything related to that. But, right, it's just it's an amazing gift to get to be able to spend your day working on stuff like that. Yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, that's, that's what makes work fun. And, and I think leaders have to recognize that opportunity. You know, it's, it's so easy to get immersed in the, you know, in, in the metrics or the day-to-day challenges and problems inside a business. But I think when you stay, take a step back and, and remember who you are and the opportunity you have as, as a leader or manager to impact other people's lives, um, it's an extraordinary opportunity. And, and if you step up and, and, and invest in a certain way, you can have, you know, life-changing experiences like the one you, like the one you just shared. It's powerful stuff. Mm, it really is. And, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time left here already, Ryan. The time is evaporating. So let me give you one more question, and then I'm going to let you close with your thought. But because technology is so important today, and you talked about the importance of good communication, I would be curious if you can share anything about what you see companies doing today to, to really effectively use emerging tech, technology to improve communication, culture, work life. Anything you're seeing out there that you want to help us understand? Yeah, so, you know, I, I do, I think, I think you're right. There are more channels and more opportunity 
to kind of unleash communication inside an organization. And simultaneously, our employees are starving for more communication from leadership. And so those, those two things don't necessarily mesh. And I just think, you know, that that's part of the commitment and the opportunity leaders have to engage employees in different, in different ways and to really help employees tap into the thinking. And that, that influences culture. And, you know, there, there are, there are great examples of companies using collaboration tools and, and software. A company I worked with, that's a big company, so you can imagine, a company over 200,000 employees, AT&T, naturally has some communication challenges, but it's a company that's looking to evolve and they're moving from a phone company to a technology company. And so innovation is a big thing that they focus on inside their business. And they, they have this innovation pipeline where employees are encouraged to submit ideas on this platform and the, and the good ideas are voted upon and supported in, in a public forum and commented on and the good ideas that bubbled up are then taken to a steering committee and ultimately the best ones get implemented. They've literally implemented, funded with millions and millions of dollars and implemented hundreds and hundreds of ideas that have come through this kind of on, this online channel. And it's just another way to tap into the insight and unlock the ideas and capabilities and innovation that exists in the soft and dormant inside a business. And I, you know, I, I just opportunities, whether it's, you know, jumping on a collaboration software tool or leveraging video for leaders to communicate and to stay in touch on a more consistent basis with their teams, especially as work is more flexible and the workforce is more distributed, is so, so critical. And, I, and, and I'll tell you this for me personally, blogging has changed my life. You know, talk about technology and the opportunity for me to kind of be a media company now and to publish my thinking and putting out putting it out into the world. It's changed my relationships, my opportunities, my network, my connections, my thinking, and it's Ryan. been a catalyst to fuel the growth in my business. So I, I've experienced awesome. it firsthand in my own life. And I think that same opportunity to create con- connection exists inside large organizations. Awesome, Ryan. You, we will close with that. I want to make sure that our listeners know how to find you at ryanestis.com. It's R-Y-A-N-E-S-T-I-S.com. We are just finishing here. That was a great way to finish, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Great to have you with me. Thank you, Elise. All right. I'll catch you next time. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next week. And remember that work is one-third of our life, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.